The Heat Wave Sports Show is owned and produced by Tim Unglesby. All opinions expressed by the host or guests are their own and are not endorsed by either radio station KRLV Management or any of their advertisers. It's time for Heat Wave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heat Wave Sports, Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. And it's a super Sunday night, Las Vegas. Welcome on in. It's Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, 989 FM, 1340 AM. Super being the key word tonight, as of course, we just got done watching the NFL's championship game. And the uh, LA Rams are this year's champions. Tim Unglesby, Ari Platinum. And my co-host, of course, back on the East Coast, TomBartonSports.com. Tom Barton, Tommy, we have a champion. The NFL season has come to a close. Uh, I mean, do we really? Uh, I, uh, what an absolutely boring, ho-hum, just totally forgettable Super Bowl. Uh, and it ended kind of the way that, you know, the, that this kind of Super Bowl ends, where nobody, in their right mind, is giving the Rams credit. Nobody's going, hey, yeah, yeah, great, great, great job. You totally earned that Super Bowl. No, Tim, I'm yawning. I'm in disbelief. I'm looking at the Super Bowl as tainted. It it was a terrible display by the NFL. That's funny. In the, um, over on Twitter, at HW Sports, and you can also reach Tommy at Tom Barton Sports, you saw it, Tom, uh, when I did the preview of this show, I, I really said, I said, uh, where's this game, game rank on the list? Not very high. I'm talking about all the Super Bowls. If we ranked them, this wouldn't even qualify. It would be in the, the bottom tier of Super Bowls. Very likely the worst Super Bowl I've seen. Very likely. Um, you know, it, it's a shame after such a great postseason that we watched, you know, and, and such a great playoff series that we endured time and time again. It was just fantastic, the playoff series. And maybe we're, it is because we're spoiled. But, you know, the culmination of all of that, the Rams to win in the way that they did, which we know that the Rams aren't real champions. I mean, everybody knows that. And for it to be with controversy and for it to be the way that it was done, you know, it's all very ho-hum, okay, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, they got a ring. All right. I mean, that's the feel of this. And I think you hit the nail on the head with the the way that this playoffs, right, actually with the way the regular season was, especially the playoffs, all the excitement coming into it. Uh, we get a 23-20 game. We get a game that has some questionable calls. And we get a game where, I don't, I don't think, you know, when you look at the Rams winning, I, I, don't, I don't have an MVP this game. I know, I know he had a big catch there in the end zone to put him over the top, but it's not like I thought that anybody was the true MVP for this game. And like you said, ho-hum, a yawn. Everybody's loving it, loving it in the mainstream, but I don't think us fans are truly loving it. No, I mean, look, you're right. There was no standout player, right? The, the 
Look at the Rams, and this is after winning a championship, but is anyone remembering this as Matthew Stafford's shining moment? <laughs> Absolutely not, right? Are you remembering this as the Cooper Cup game? Well, the guy had like two catches going into the fourth quarter. Absolutely not. Are you remembering it as the great defensive player Aaron Donald? Uh, oh, and his ex- exclusive kind of, oh, wow, coming out game? No, Aaron Donald was completely and utterly shut down and, in a lot of ways, abused for three quarters here. I mean, he was a no-show. He didn't do anything special whatsoever. But you could say the same thing for Cincinnati. What was Joe Burrow, Tim? You know, Joe Burrow didn't come out and show him out. As a matter of fact, they made Joe Mixon throw a touchdown pass, right? What was Jamar Chase? Oh, Chase had a nice, a nice game, but nothing's fantastic. Offensively, memory-wise, uh, this game is just—it's going to be lost in the dust. Nobody came out to play and really elevated their game. Nobody. Uh, weirdly, OBJ did, but he got injured. Right? Nobody really said, "I'm going to put this team on my back." Nobody made a memorable moment. They said, "Oh yeah, that—that's one of those moments." No. Um, and then at the end. It was almost fitting for this kind of Super Bowl, Tim. At the end, you had a Super Bowl that ended where we all know, we're all laughing at the idea that the Rams are the champions because we know it took three, four, right? I, I, how, many, how many referee calls were there at the end? Going into the last drive, there were two penalties the entire game. What was it, three or four on the last drive? Um, look, I don't say... Ever that the refs are, are jaded. I don't say that the refs are compromised. I don't say that the game is fixed. But I think that there is a clear indication that the refs were skewed on that last drive. Well, you wanted the L.A. story, right? So I, and I'm not, trust me, you know me, I'm not a conspiracy guy to begin with, but doesn't it kind of all wrap itself into a perfect bow? You have the the L.A. story, the, the whole onus of the whole Super Bowl was about Los Angeles and the, the home team being in the game. You had that the halftime show that was, uh, which we'll get to a little bit later in depth, but that centered around the the West Coast and with an opportunity to s- kind of seal this whole deal. You know, if Cincinnati comes out and, and just puts the brakes to them, there, there's no situation. But going into that situation, right, Tom? Eh, kind of a perfect way to end this game. And you're right. You know, it was a lot of L.A. feel. And the commercials were very, very L.A. And, uh, you know, the halftime show was very L.A. And they wanted the ending to be very L.A. And it, it, it just wasn't. Uh, um, you know, you could force certain things to right? You could, you could turn around and you could bring things up. You could force it down our throats. You could show us what you want. But at the end of the day, we're not accepting uh, And I think that that was the Super Bowl. The overall feel was very ho-hum. And I'm not talking about the gameplay itself. The gameplay, uh, very ho-hum, right? The commercials, very ho-hum. The halftime show, absolutely atrocious. One of the worst that, that we've ever seen. The hoopla surrounding it, very ho-hum. The... Showing California as this, oh, oh, 
this bastion of a place you must go. Fell completely flat. The culmination of, oh, wait, we should be rooting for the Rams. Fell completely flat. The idea of, well, look at the stadium. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Fell completely flat. L.A. fell flat on their face for the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl itself couldn't save L.A. from falling flat on its face. So for me, I did the house party, had a few people over, and, you know, even during a regular season game, Tommy, you get people that get excited for whatever reason because it's your team or you have a favorite player or it's a fan situation or it's just a great play, like the catch that, that Chase made early in the game with the one hand. You know, that was that got a little bit of spark in the house. But you said, I mean, one of my friends fell asleep in the, in the end of the third quarter. He was sleeping when I looked over at him. And, that's a kind of an indication of this game. I talked to another friend who was at at one of the casinos, and he said it was it was full, but the excitement really wasn't what we were used to seeing. What was it like for you? I know you did it out on uh, a remote location as well. Yeah, well, I would give a little credit um, to the situation. Look, we <laughs> we had a weird impromptu like blizzard. I, I mean, it's still snowing. It was not. It was supposed to snow a little bit. It was supposed to end early. So I'll give a little credit to that. But the place. You know, look, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings. The place was. Um, it was full, but not packed. People were booing during the game. Literally booing during the game. It, it was a boring, dull, ridiculous effort. You know, and that. Look, you, you can't get past that. You can't get past the idea that you're looking at a game and you're going, no, 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 guys, 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 this is a good game, right? It's not a blowout. No, 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 this is a good game. And you're trying to support the game itself, and you're like, yeah, well, everything that is the Super Bowl kind of is boring. I, I don't doubt someone fell asleep. I could have fell asleep. Jimmy, I could have fallen asleep during this game. Well, let's look at this game, and then we'll kind of look at each team. The Rams, 23-20, to cap off the season with the championship. We all know that they were built in the preseason, in the offseason, and they made made acquisitions, uh, acquisitions in the regular season to, to be ready for a Super Bowl run. Matt Stafford gets his first ring. So one year removed from being a Detroit Lion, Tommy gets his ring, 26 of 40, 283 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. As you said at the beginning of the show, nothing spectacular there. Cooper Cup, your MVP, eight grabs, 92 yards, and two touchdowns. But he was limited until basically if you take away that touchdown in the second quarter, he was all about the fourth quarter. Aaron Donald, who some people wanted to be the MVP because of his last series, I guess, is what, what they were looking at, Tom. Um, you know, this game – most of the way close, it was a seven-point lead. They went up 10 in the second. They went down in the third to open it when T. Higgins from Burrow, 75 yards. Then they went down a whole touchdown after that. were able to claw their way back in. And in the, in the fourth, the only scoring was that touchdown with about five minutes to go. Stafford to cup with, which was a debatable, again, you want, you know, you talk about penalties. That was a debatable hold call, I thought, on cup there at the goal line. Yeah, very much so. Let's, let's take player by player. And you look at Matt Stafford and you say, okay, 
you believe that he had a Super Bowl performance, Tim? The guy threw two picks. They were ugly, ugly picks. One of them was in the end zone. I think Matthew Stafford had a bad Super Bowl. I think that's a fair assessment. He had a bad Super Bowl. Aaron Donald, you know, me and um, Armando were kind of texting back and forth during the game. Aaron Donald was a no-show for most of that game. And it wasn't that, well, you know what? He was creating havoc in the middle. No, 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 no. They were single covering him, and he was a no-show. Uh, you look at the big players. Cam Akers, a lot of people expect Cam Akers to have a big game. I'm not sure if Cam Akers made it off the bus, right? I mean, Cam Akers wasn't there. Uh, this was a game where no one on the Rams stood out. The Rams, generally speaking, first of all, the Rams should not have been here. They shouldn't have beat the Bucks. That was a referee call. They barely beat San Francisco because the guy dropped an interception. And now they're a Super Bowl champions. And I think most of us that watch the game that have a rational mind are going, yeah, the Super Bowl champions, they didn't really earn it. Him, right? There's nobody on that team that I look at and said, hey, you know, they had a good game. OBJ had a good game, okay? But he left before the half. Other than that, Tim, nobody had a good game. Nobody had that highlight game. There's not one player on that team that you can look to and say, oh, you're feeling great today that you had a great game. Certainly wasn't Jalen Ramsey either, Tom. What a horrible game he had, man. Oh, man. Ramsey was abused. And I'll tell you, you know, I do the show on Sports Garden Network every Sunday morning. I, I do it with Rashad Jennings. And Rashad said on the show today, I expect them to go after Ramsey. Rashad was texting me. And he's at some big celebrity place, right? A place that I won't be invited to ever, right? With all these celebrities. And he's texting Tom Barton and he's going, man, you know, they're going right after Ramsey. Oh, they're abusing Ramsey. I mean, they really were. They went after, for the Bengals' credit, they looked Aaron Donald in the face. They looked Jalen Ramsey in the face, and they said, okay, you guys are supposed to be the best of the best. We're going right at you. And they went right after both of them, and they had success going right after both of them. Basically, even if you think to look at the score, to looking at the score, close. Looking at the stats, everything relatively close. The Rams outgained the Bengals by eight yards. Uh, time possession was within a minute. First downs, coupled separations there. The, the big one was the turnovers where the Rams had the two picks and they were still able to find their way to win this one. But again, not to beat the dead horse here, but this seemed to me like two um, barely barely above average teams battling in week seven of the NFL. That, that was the Matt Stafford for me. That was a week seven performance for a team that was uh, three and three or, or four and two. That's, that's the way I looked at it. Well, before the game began, me and you talked and I said, this is a really good November Monday night football game. Right. I mean, I, I said that to Abby too. I said, this, that's what this has a feeling of a Monday night, November football game. And, and that's kind of what it lived up to. It was not a playoff game. Certainly was not a Super Bowl-level game. It was a Monday night November football game. And that's what, that's what it was, Tim. I mean, we're going to remember that. Well, let's look at the Rams. You, you, you broke down the players. I'm going to break it down a little bit more for you and we'll just kind of look at the personalities for the 
now defending world champions. What, what about Snotty McMay? He gets his ring, Tom. He was that 0-2. I, I guess his ego can't get any bigger now because it's inflated completely. But McVay gets the ring, the, the, the youngest, right, the youngest coach to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, the youngest coach to win a Super Bowl. I think the thing that hurts him and will always sort of haunt him is that he is an offensive guru to him, right? I mean, he's the, the guy in the league, right? He is the great coach with the great offense. His team in the first Super Bowl did not show up. Um, his team tonight, offensively, I don't care if he's the biggest Rams fan in the world, very ho-hum. He doesn't have that signature kind of win. So, yeah, he's one and one. Of course, he's 36 years old. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Oh, it's all beautiful, right? When you want to look at this from an optimistic standpoint, of course it is. But, but I think we could all look at this from a realistic standpoint and say, okay, yeah, well, you know, your general manager mortgaged the next five years to go get this kind of team. I think that there are pessimists turning around here and saying, uh, that, that's wonderful. Yeah, show me great. If my general manager goes out there and wait, you know, every draft pick from here until you know, 2026 to go get superstar players, yeah, I, I, can win, I can win it too. The way that he won, the fashion that he won, the team that he won with, he's not going to get the credit that maybe he does deserve because of how it went down. Well, look, at, look you, you said it. He's the offensive genius, right? He scored three points in a Super Bowl in his first trip to the Super Bowl, lost to the Patriots, scores 23 today, but he had seven of those right out the – I mean, really, really in the first 10 minutes of the game, they had a touch up there, and they were – Look, I'll, I'll give credit to the Bengal defense where it's, where it's needed, but if you're supposed to be this guy, and, and that's what you staked your reputation on, right, Tom? It should be something that you should be able to – I don't even know how to say it. They should have won this game comfortably is the way I looked at it. I mean, they were the better team. We all agreed on that. And the way they came out and played – and, again, I'll give the, the adjustment credit to the Bengals, but I still think at the end – and maybe Beckham being out hurt them scheme-wise – it is what it is. They scored 26 points in two Super Bowls with McVay as the man. Yeah. Look, it's, it's 23 points. It's uh, way below your average, right? Um, let's, let's talk about highlight moments, right? Did your quarterback 300 yards? 300 yards isn't asking too much of him, right? As a matter of fact, no, he did not. He threw three touchdowns to an interception. All right, great. Okay. Do you have a running back that ran for 100? 100. Cam Akers ran for 21. Oh, okay. Uh, you have a wide receiver. Greatest wide receiver in the history of the game for a season. He went for 100 yards, clearly, right? Nope. 92, Tim. Right? So, you're looking at an offense that you're saying that should have, could have, or would have done something. I'm looking at an offense that I'm going, look, they got the win. That's all that matters. But this was a scrappy bite and claw kind of win. This was not an offensive explosion. This was not a signature coaching win or signature Ram win. Um, you know, you played this game ten times, Bengals winning at five. You were outplayed in a lot of categories. And for an offensive-minded coach to now be in two Super Bowls, and in two Super Bowls, your team scored three points in one, no quarterback uh, threw for 300 yards. 
No wide receiver had 100. No running back had, had, had more than, you know, 50 at this point. It's just a bad look for the offense. And yet already on social media, uh, I even saw a report on um, scanning through channels that, oh, can the Rams do it again? And you just brought it up when you look at what the future holds for this team. Now, granted, there's the reports that Aaron Donald may step away. That probably would help them out, Tom. His cap hit next year is $27 million. Jalen Ramsey's a $23 million cap hit. You know, obviously Stafford's staying, but Floyd, little, little long in the tooth, he's a $20 million cap hit. They, they have a lot of money tied up. They're going to have to make some moves here. We all know how it is when you win the Super Bowl, Tom, and you build your team that's veteran-laden with high, high contracts. You have to shed – to keep these guys, you have to shed some of the, the key core guys, and um, they're going to have to do some some interesting, interesting work in the chem lab here in the offseason. Yeah, they're definitely going to. And, you know, it, it, the good thing for them is that the NFT is completely wide open. I mean, outside of the, the obvious, the Aaron Rodgers, it, it's completely wide open. Um, you might have a little difficulty with San Francisco, who seems to have their number, but the NFT is a joke. So they may get back here again, but, you know, if they do, you better bring a better game. You were weirdly, you know, weirdly you guys won this game. Weirdly. I'm still looking at this going, I'm not sure how the Rams won. They didn't deserve to win in any way, shape, or form. All right, but you got the double. Okay. Um, now you look at next year and you go, yeah, all of this is getting uh, a little bit difficult. I will say this, though, Tim, Matthew Stafford. Right? Spent 12 years with the Lions. He now has the same number of Super Bowl rings as Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, you look at the Rams and you go, they have a lot of problems, a lot of issues, a lot of question marks. Whitworth's going to be gone. Weddle's going to be gone. Well, you have a lot of that. But, man, who's standing in their way in the NFC? There's just nobody there. I think... I mean, look at it. It's really a lot depends on the off season and how these teams restructure. You got all these head coaching changes. Uh, obviously, the draft is coming up, Tom. So it's a lot of fun to restructure these teams. But when you look at a team that capped itself out basically to win a title, it's not as easy as everybody seems to think of it. And I know we go deeper into thought than, than some people that are just fans, but. Man. Going back, it's not the easiest thing to do. We've seen that year after year, and this team just isn't structured to financially to do it unless, A, all these guys take adjusted contracts, which they're not going to, or, B, they get lucky like they, they did and they fall into some of these role players, which, look, you, you have luck. You don't have luck every year, though, Tom. Yeah, it's also a very weak-minded team, Tim, right? I mean, we, we've seen that. Jalen Ramsey get get into his own head. We've seen that. We've seen Matthew Stafford kind of implode out there. We've watched, uh, you know, Sean McVay get beaten by the moment. It, it's fair to say, this is not to take anything away from Cincinnati, but it, it is fair to say that had anyone else gone to the Super Bowl, if this is KC or Buffalo, they, the, the, the Rams would have been annihilated. Right? I mean, they really would have. Like I said, I think the Bengals win five of the last, you know, the next ten if they play this game ten times. Um, the Rams are a fragile team. They're not a, a 
Super Bowl laden team. They're not that team that you go, oh man, they are dangerous. No, they should not have been here. They shouldn't have beat the Bucks. They should not have beaten the Niners. They should not have beaten the Bengals. But they did, and they hoisted the trophy. And there's something to say for eternity of, okay, we hoisted that trophy. But Tim, to get back in this spot, even in a pathetically weak NFC, that's going to be a big, a big ask. And like you said, they're going to have to do some uh, gymnastics there with the salary cap. But it is, it's a rough situation. If you really look at who the Rams are, who they've set up to be, and who they need to be to, to move on. So we look at Stafford, and and last night, towards the end of the show, we, we kind of spun the spun the wheel, looked into the, the glass of all Tom, and we talked about. Of course, you and I, we, we both have problems with the way that the Hall of Fame committee set up in, in most sports, but football wise, so he has his ring now, Tom, and he's going to be, you know, as of next year, he'll pass the fifty thousand mark in yardage. He's going to hit 350 in touchdowns next year. Statistically, and this is playing in, in a just garbage for his whole career. The guy, the guy had three winning seasons in Detroit. You know, does he get there? He didn't play. He wasn't MVP tonight. That's for sure. He didn't put that that stamp of approval with an MVP game. But is winning the ring enough to get him in? Last night before this game was played, Tim, I said. If he wins, he's it. That was my take. I thought if Stafford wins the game, wins the Super Bowl, we are putting him in as a, a, a you know, just into the Hall of Fame immediately. He had a bad game tonight. Look, make, make no mistake about it. You can't be sitting back and pounding your chest if you're Matt Stafford. This was a rough game for Stafford. Two interceptions, very costly interceptions, one in the end zone. Now, I know if we look at his full resume, Tim, you want to break down the entire full resume of Matthew Stafford, he's going to get in, and he's going to get into all of him pretty easily. I said it last night. I said, I thought if he wins this game, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. And Chris Wynn, to his credit, said, you know what, Tommy? He needs, he needs some more stats. He needs to be a compiler. He needs a little bit more. I'm starting to buy into Chris Wynn here, Tim. I think that, you know, he needs next year to have another good season. He's coming off the greatest season statistically of his career. He needs one more great statistical season. He needs one more playoff run, deep playoff run, where he actually performs. He needs more. If he retired today, I don't know if he gets in. He's 34 figure health-wise throughout his career. So a couple years ago, he missed half the season. Remember that injury? Other than that, I believe right around his rookie season, he had had a long-term injury as well. But other than that, the guy's been pretty iron when you look at it. And, and again, this year, playing the extra game, then they played four more in the playoffs. He stayed healthy. I, I think you're right. He goes in next year, age 35. You know, they're, they're going to... We already talked about they do need to do some type of maneuvering in, in the front office with, with the contracts, but they're probably going to be right there, Tom, as far as a 9-10-11 win team, right? And I'm just fireballing it right now, but yeah, he had um, almost 5,000 yards passing. He had 40 touchdowns. All he has to do, right, right Tommy, is just 
put the stats up, put the stats up, because the, the hardest part's over. He has the ring. Well, it is over, Tim, but there's also the idea of, you know, all are very good, and then the Hall of Fame. Just because you have a ring doesn't get you in. Just because you have statistics. Now, he's got both. And I think you're right. If he hangs on for another two, maybe three years, which I think Stafford will hang on for three more years, hangs on for another two or three years, he'll get the statistics to put you through. But I, I think that with this type of Super Bowl performance, I think we're all in that same camp of, all right, Stafford's in the very good. He's the Hall of Very Good, Tim. He's not the Hall of Fame. He'll get in, but it doesn't change the mind of the people that know. And that is, you're going to hear people talking about all week about how good Cooper Cup was to cap off a record-breaking season. He had a big touchdown to win the, win the Super Bowl, right? Or how Aaron Donald had a huge fourth down play to, to sack Burrow and play before he was able to, to put pressure on him. You're going to hear about how Beckham had a touchdown early and he was looking good before he got hurt. You're going to hear all about that, but nobody's going to talk about Matt Stafford, and, and deservingly so, right, Tom? This isn't a, this isn't a Super Bowl game. This is uh, he did what he had to do to get the ball to the people to win the game. Look, uh, you know, the Stafford backer is going to be all up in arms about the things that we're saying today, right? I mean, the Stafford backer is going to, hey, he got a ring, look at what he did. But wasn't this like almost the epitome of Stafford's career, right? Where when they needed him most, in a position where Matthew Stafford could have elevated his team, he threw interception after interception. He threw big picks in big spots. It's not very often that you win a game and you lose a turnover battle, Tim. That's what happened tonight. Did this note come out just a couple of minutes ago, Tom? And actually, it doesn't involve either team, but pops up on my screen. It's a good, a good segue to uh, get us to the timeout. Carson Wentz staying in Indianapolis may be short-lived as there are rumors that he is either reportedly in jeopardy of being traded or outright released by Indianapolis prior to March 18th, which is when his $22 million base salary would become fully guaranteed. Also, an additional $6.29 million signing bonus would also uh, apply there. So almost $30 million come due Carson, Carson Wentz on March the 18th. And it looks like the Colts are trying to shed that. So a one-year experiment for what they gave up for, for Wentz, a second and a third, Tom. What, what a, just a disaster here if this is what's going to happen. But, Tim, I wonder where there's smoke, there's fire kind of thing. I've spoken to people in, in Indianapolis this afternoon and people that are very close to the situation. And their take on this was, it's not that we don't like Wentz. It's that we see the options that could be presented. You know, the Aaron Rodgers, the Deshaun Watson, the Russell Wilson. And the Colts feel like we have a Super Bowl team if we can improve our quarterback play. So it's not that they don't like Wentz, Tim. I think that they know that Wentz is limited. Wentz is not a guy, in their opinion, that could go through Mahomes, can go through Allen, can go through Burrow and win you a championship. Wentz is a guy that can compete for a division title, but that's about his feeling. So I, I think you have to look at it a, a lot like that. And actually, I stand corrected. That second became a first 
this year. So it looks bad if they're going to move on from it. And really, when you think about it, right, right, Tommy, what was the biggest thing we took away from the final week of the season was all Indianapolis had to do was beat the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars, right? They just had to win the game. They're in the playoffs. And he straight just imploded on the inside. They, they get embarrassed and, and they sit outside looking in. He has a history of injury issues. We know that. And it sounded more like that this was if this is going to come to pass uh, next month, that it's more of an owner call than it would be a Frank Reich call. Yeah. And look, is there a way that they could bring Went back at a smaller number, Tim? Probably. I mean, it makes sense, right? You know, look, we want you to be our starting quarterback. We have faith in you. This is an owner thing. Come back at a lesser number. And this, this has the writings on it of leaking a story to get a business you know, kind of number. Because if the Colts don't get Aaron Rodgers, which they probably won't, if they don't get Deshaun Watson, I don't think they're trading for him after a year at the trading point. Uh, I don't think Russell Wilson is going anywhere, and, and certainly not to Indy. So if they get rid of Carson Wentz, what's their, what's their alternative? They're not getting somebody in the draft, and by the way, the draft is pretty weak for quarterbacks anyway. Who's their guy? Who's the guy that you're targeting over Carson Wentz? I'm not telling you that Carson Wentz is a top quarterback, Tim, but who is coming in that's better than Carson Wentz? Are you saying that backup quarterback Jacob Eason is not, not the answer? Is that why? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Not for a team that I believe is a quarterback away from the Super Bowl. I do. I think... You put Deshaun Watson, I know, look, Deshaun Watson is a scumbag and everything else. You put Deshaun Watson on the Colts to go to the Super Bowl. That's the thing, though. It's Look, you and I, and even especially Abby, right, we, we knew Jonathan Taylor had that opportunity to step into this season and be that guy, and he did. So maybe Ursay is at this point where he's like, I have that piece of the puzzle. I can't be or or not performing the big games. Why not? And I don't know what they're sitting in draft wise. I'm looking at the picks, so there would have to be some, some maneuvers there. But why not go after a top guy? And I, I get to what you're saying is who is that guy? But why not make a run at Aaron Rodgers? Just because he doesn't want to play in Indianapolis? Is that basically the only reason why they wouldn't? Or is it financial? No, I, I, I think it's 29 million. So. Financial, they could afford him. Even though the numbers I'm hearing for Rodgers are astronomical, he's asking for upwards of $45 million a year for a three-year contract. Astronomical. But um, I don't think he wants to go to Indy. Look, if he has his chance to pick, Indy makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. But you're also competing with about you know, what half the league that would be going for Rodgers. Tom Barton, Tim Unglesby, Heatwave Sports here on a Super Sunday night. The L.A. Rams win the Super Bowl 23-20 over the Cincinnati Bengals. When we come back, talk about the Cincinnati side of it as the runners-up and what the future may hold for Cincinnati and Joe Burrow here coming up in the offseason and beyond. It's Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports. Radio. 